I work with teenagers who are homeless or in foster care or at risk of being homeless in Burlington, Vermont at an organization called Spectrum. And a few years ago, we had a uh, young man named Randy. He was living in one of our houses. I think he was about 18 or 19. And he'd been living in foster homes or group homes most of his life. And he'd come to us and he did really well. He stayed with us for about a year. He got his high school diploma, which is a big deal. A lot of the kids we work with don't make it that far. And uh, he was living in with us in one of our houses, and I was with him right after he got his diploma, and I was talking to him. I knew he liked cars. He had a part-time job at an auto parts store in town. So I said to him, look, hey, Randy, this is great. Congratulations. You got your high school diploma. I don't know if you want to go to college or not, but maybe you want to consider going to like an auto tech school, learn how to be a mechanic. You can do really well in that field. You can make a nice living. And Randy said, yeah, that, that's a good idea. I'm actually thinking of doing that. In fact, I heard there's an auto mechanic school in Wyoming, and I, I'm thinking of applying there. And I said to him, Wyoming? You know, why Wyoming? You know, do you have any family there? Do you know anyone there? And he said, no, I just heard there's a good auto mechanic school in Wyoming, so I'm thinking of applying. And I said, don't do that. You know, we'll find a good auto school for you right here in Vermont. I mean, if you go to Wyoming, you'll be all on your own. And he said, but I've been on my own my whole life anyway. And God, it just killed me when he said that. It just killed me, you know? I've been on my own my whole life anyway. And he didn't say it with any drama. He didn't say it to make a point. He said it just matter of fact. The same way you or I would say, I have brown hair or I have blue eyes. I've been on my own my whole life anyway. And it just struck me as so sad you know, to be only 18 or 19 and to have to say that. And I almost started to argue back with him. I stopped myself. I almost said, no, you're not. No, you're not. You know, you're not on your own. You have me. You know, you have the different staff here, the counselors here. You have us. But I didn't. I didn't. I stopped myself from saying that because I felt like, you know what? this is this kid's reality, if this is how he sees himself and how he sees his life, I don't have any right to try and talk him out of that. So I didn't. I didn't. Randy left us a few months later. He just kind of took off. And in this kind of work that I do, that sometimes happens, even though we don't want it to. We can't force kids to stay with us, you know? And when they take off like that, I usually presume the worst, especially if there really isn't any family for them to go to, even a dysfunctional family. It often means that eventually they'll end up in the adult uh, homeless system or in the prison system. But about three or four years later, I was at a bowling alley with my son, who was about age nine at the time. And we're bowling, and I looked across the alley, I don't know, about 10 lanes over, and who did I see but Randy. 
and he was with a bunch of young people his age, and they were bowling, and he was laughing, and they were obviously having a good time. And I was going to go over and say hi. I didn't. Uh, my experience has been that these kind of interactions can be embarrassing for kids who I've known, especially with their, if they're with new friends, you know, trying to explain who I am, and that they used to be homeless, that type of thing. So I didn't go. But I just sat there and watched him for a while. And I thought, you know, Randy did all right. He landed on his feet. I have no idea if he became an auto mechanic or not, but he looked happy. He looks like he has friends and he looks like he's okay. And that's all that matters.